0: So today we're going to interview Mada Dalian, who has written a most incredible book in search of the miraculous. She has had incredible reviews from some of the top people in the field of raising and expanding consciousness. So welcome to the show today, Mata. Hello, Lynn. Uh, So great to have you. I'm so much looking forward to sharing uh, what your journey has been about and what it is that you have to share with uh, the many others who are also on a path, a journey towards expanded consciousness.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to uh,
0: spending this hour with you. And in the pre- preamble to this talk show, we have discovered that we have shared many similar uh, journeys and pathways uh, towards uh, our own understandings in consciousness. So I thought perhaps given the way your book flows, we could start maybe with you sharing your concept of ego and how it relates uh, to the transformation of consciousness.
1: Uh, Sure, I think that's an important topic and uh, um, many people, as you know, misunderstand what ego is about and there's a lot of um, um, negative or hostile attitude toward the ego and I think that it would be really helpful if we can clarify some things about it. First of all, um, my approach toward the ego is that ego is a necessary tool on our spiritual journey as we begin our journey, because without the ego, it will be very difficult to... um, It's sort of like the ego creates a a shell around our energy. And um, in the book, I actually give um, um, a, a visual explanation... Uh, or, or an abstract explanation about the ego when I compare it with the balloon. And the, the balloon being the shell of the ego and the air inside the balloon as the air gets pumped into the balloon being consciousness. And normally the ego and consciousness start developing simultaneously. So as the child is born, every child comes in with consciousness and then gradually, uh, the moment the child realizes that the separateness and the moment um, he says this is mine and this is me, then there is a the first sort of um, birth of the ego that comes in. And with that, then the development is very necessary. So it can go in um, harmony with what needs to happen for the ego to develop. But many times, because we get wounded in our experiences, are very oftentimes traumatic or or uh, unfulfilling. Uh, where, because our parents themselves need to, you know, um, find themselves, and they're they're searching themselves, so they don't always know exactly what needs to be done. So every child somewhere has some wounds that they, their ego acquires, and those wounds are little holes in the shell of the balloon. So as the child grows and the consciousness starts to develop, obviously. for 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 the consciousness to continue developing it needs to we need to keep blowing the air into the balloon but as we try to blow the air into the balloon all these holes leak leak the air and then the balloon doesn't really get developed properly we start listening to all sorts of uh, negative uh, things about the ego how the ego is uh, the problem and how we need to transcend the ego and drop the ego, then we create even more confusion. So the way I describe the development of the ego, I I, um, show it as a seven-stage process,
0: which goes... But before we get into that, sort of reading between the lines, Uh, I could almost sense that what you mean by the air, in a sense, beginning to fill a balloon uh, around us, is that the air is kind of like our own energy field. So as the child is growing, they're not only developing a stronger sense of an energy field around them through the process of the developing ego, but at the same time, due to certain trauma, uh, certain uh, scary, frightening, uh, deeply wounding or hurting experiences, we begin to puncture that energy field around us in such a way that the, the energy field begins to leak and carry us into um, unhelpful patterns?
1: You can describe it that way. Um, okay. You can definitely use the word energy field. And um, obviously it's, it's the energy which uh, in a way carries within it consciousness. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when the consciousness is not able to develop, then the energy field stays very small.
0: And, and also has leaks
1: <laughs> well exactly that 's why it stays small you cannot really um, have the balloon get bigger if um, there's holes in it and you you keep trying to blow air into it so um, and interestingly actually to compare the air is we need that breath in order for us to become conscious uh-huh. and normally what we do with um, the experiences that we have each time we feel fear we stop our breathing mm-hmm. and that's another way that we stop consciousness from evolving so so breath is very very essential element actually for consciousness to grow and,
0: and i i know that you know in terms of uh, reading through your book that you work a lot with breath as a means to kind of Uh, repair and help expand the growing of this energy field
1: that's right Uh, i use the breath it's the principle is very simple it's with breath is how we suppress our energy we suppress our thoughts we suppress our feelings and at the same time uh, we we, uh, suppress our consciousness and therefore we need to use breath Um, all those layers of repressions and release them so that we can come to understand that we are consciousness and we come to understand that ego is just an illusion. But until we really go through the process, that's why Buddha said you have to keep peeling the layers like an onion. And um, this is the the way I see spiritual work. I don't see it in, in any other way. It's simply peeling away of the layers of the illusions of the clouds that make, make us believe um, that we are we are the ego that we are our, our mind we are our emotions and we are our body and that's why with, with the believing that I am my body I am my mind this is where we are afraid to to surrender we are afraid to let go and we stay in control and ultimately we are afraid of death, because in death the body will be taken away. So then people cling to their body, to their mind, to their emotions, thinking that if they lose it, then they're going to lose their identity.
0: So you do see fear then as a very powerful way in which we tend to uh, keep our energy field uh, kind of at a more limited sort of ego awareness type of level, And that as we find ways uh, to repair or to release the layers of fear and holding, that this is what helps us to grow our uh, awareness bubble uh, larger than a normal sense of ego.
1: That's right. Fear is basically the root of all the um, so-called problems and as well... Um, not only the, the mental, emotional problems, but also physical problems because um, working with people with their um, pain and illnesses and, and releasing those repressed layers, there's always an element of fear while we're doing that and once that fear is released and, and miraculously, this is where consciousness comes in, where a person suddenly sees that oh, this this fear is actually irrelevant it has nothing to do with my inner being which is um presence which i know that i exist and i'm here and i cannot be anywhere else and i know that i can never die so the moment the person has that awareness then the identification with the pain starts dropping as well and with that the body starts to relax
0: because in a sense uh from you know from my own understanding fear is what tends to cause us to contract and to hold our energy at we th- what we think is a safe level which w- at what we think is a comfortable level which is e- really that that smaller level of kind of ego bound consciousness
1: that's right exactly and also we need to remember that you know the, the fear the first experience of fear happens at birth that, that's the sort of like the first shock, the first um, imprint that's in the body. And the imprint is that when, when the child is in the womb and, and uh, taken care of and feels like, um, uh, you know, I don't need to do anything, I'm in paradise and everything is taken care of, suddenly there's this energy that pushes you out of the womb and you feel like you're, be- you're being rejected, <laughs> you're being pushed out and in that um, that's the original sense of separation is imprinted in the psyche in the body in the energy
0: especially and when especially when you combine that you know with some of the uh sorts of birthing practices that you know have become commonplace where the umbilical cord is cut you know within a matter of the first couple minutes uh, the baby is uh held up by the feet and slapped on the bum and then uh you know cold drops are are dropped into the eyes <laughs> uh and maybe even the you know the uh, esophagus like uh having a suction uh you know to clear the the breathway. Whereas you know, or in in a more so-called primitive natural birth, the umbilical cord is allowed to dry naturally over an hour, and slowly the baby very slowly begins to take over its breath function. Uh, so there would, in such a natural birth, there would be far less of a sense of trauma and fear around that you know that birthing experience.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's so rare because it's not a common practice. And that's why it's absolutely essential at some point or other to uh, regress back to the, uh, to the birthing, birth experience. It's absolutely necessary that we remember our birth experience because that's where our initial attitude toward life um,
0: is created. Well, I, I know myself, uh, having been through maybe some 900 plus rebirthing sessions, I can totally relate to what you're talking about because part of the whole process of rebirthing and now Dr. Stanislav Grof's uh, holotropic breathing is to help people clear you know, whatever fear patterns they may have taken on uh, in relation to their birthing process.
1: And, and it's the awareness, that's right. So it's it, the awareness. I do not know what your awareness um, was. Did you um, uh, remember your birth experience? Because that's ultimately what, what we need to do. We need to remember our birth experience and our attitude at birth.
0: Well, I was fortunate enough at one point in, in my... It didn't actually happen in... in uh, a rebirthing context or a holotrophic breathing context. It happened in the context of a very powerful encounter group. But I was able to, uh, you know, spontaneously in the context of experiencing like overwhelming fear and letting myself go into it, uh, uh, suddenly my whole body (laughs) just went into like my primal birth cry. And mm-hmm. so I actually got to experience what it was like to use my whole body again as a baby would.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: that was very liberating because, as you well know, part of what happens in the, you know, the fear traumatizing process is that as we become so-called more and more adult and more identified with our ego, we tend to become afraid to use our whole bodies in, in the way that a baby might.
1: That's, that's very true, and at the same time, um, we, you know, we, we know that there's, uh, people have two basic attitudes toward life, either they're a pessimist or an optimist, and I think that attitude is also formed at the time of death, uh, at the time of birth. Uh, funny, I said death because actually the way we die is how we we are born again. <laughs> like the the chain continues. My personal experience uh, for um, for the time that I experienced my or remembered my birth, it was that um, obviously you don't want to come out of this really. Um, beautiful space where you're you're floating and uh, you're feeling like you're in paradise and then I felt this energy was pushing me out and I was resisting it I didn't want to leave the place it's such a nice place don't leave me alone don't push me out of here so I was resisting it but then there was this moment of awareness where I realized resistance is futile and um It's a losing battle. I have to surrender. So in that moment of realizing I have to surrender, and I did surrender, and what helped me actually to surrender is the memory um, that, okay, well, I know I'm going to come out into the world, and um, a part of the world that I really enjoyed and loved while um, I was in uh, previous life, it was like you know it's a, an awareness in a split second, and you get this. Was I remembered the, the trees and the sun and the blue sky, and I thought, okay, I'll 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 go out and you know um, live another life in this beautiful on this beautiful planet. So that helped me to surrender and to let go. And um, w- when I look at my life. Everything I've done since has been. There is the first step. You you start resisting something. So you you, you know the the ego comes and says, "Well, I don't want this." Mm-hmm. But then once consciousness comes in and you say, "Okay, I realize that it's the ego that's resisting," and I have no choice. I better surrender. I should surrender. There is you know there there is. Um, it 's useless to to fight the moment you surrender then there's there's the sky that that opens there's there's that um, universe that, that opens to you so there's a sense
0: of something bigger than your own individuality going on here which is kind of exactly what I experienced in that moment that I had that choice to let go into my birth cry and just let it come through me or I could Mm -hmm. resist right but what you're saying is in the moment that you you re-experience and can accept the beauty of surrender something major begins to shift for you
1: Absolutely, it's like the sky opens and this is the moment of uh, surrendering of the ego obviously because it's the ego that is fighting, it's the ego that's resisting. And the moment the surrender happens, then there is uh, expansion of consciousness that happens simultaneously.
0: And a willingness to acknowledge this largerness, larger uh, phenomena that is going on, larger than self.
1: That's right. That's
0: right. Well, before we go on, but let me at this point, I'd like to remind you that you're listening to your quantum computer within, with your host, Dr. Lynn Sarita, PhD in Ed Psych from UC Berkeley in the late '60s. Website quantumu.com, where I've just put my two-volume ebook Quantum U. I've reduced the price in half, so I invite you to go have a look and order it now. In the meantime, to remind you that we are interviewing Mata Dalian, whose website is matadalian.com, and that's M A D A D A L I A N.com. So, Mata, if you wanted to say a word at this point more about your website, this would be a good time.
1: Well, uh, there's a lot of information on my website which uh, also has information about my healing method that I've devised as well as um, there's a link to Healing Into Consciousness website um, through the book image which is the um, healingintoconsciousness.com and um, links to uh, my radio show, Healing Into Consciousness. And um, uh, on the, the com there's also a gift where people can receive a free teleclass with me where I can look into their energies and give them personal guidance.
0: That sounds awesome. And
1: that is with the purchase of the book and the No Yes Active Meditation CD that uh, I've devised as well.
0: The book that we are talking about, In Search of the Miraculous. That's right. So... Let's carry on further with this really interesting uh, notion that we've brought to the forefront, the idea of of surrendering um, and opening at the same time to something well beyond any ordinary ego sense of self. And as we move in this direction, I would love it if you would begin sharing with us some of the methods that you use to help people peel away their layers of resistance and fear.
1: Okay, I'll be happy to. All right, so you asked about my method.
0: Or methods, if you have or several. Methods,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the, the main method... That, in a way, it um, i wasn 't looking to to develop anything, but it organically arose out of uh, my curiosity, my ability to read thought forms in the energy, and obviously um, also, my, my ability to, to know myself, having explored myself and having understood the human condition that we all go through. Uh, the combination of all that and um, my work with uh, one-on-one work with people um, allowed me to start exploring, to, uh, way, to find ways how I can quickly access those repressed um, Beliefs and thoughts and experiences that people normally have, but they're, they're difficult to access with the conscious part of the mind. In other words, all those experiences that we've had, the conclusions we've made about the experiences, the beliefs that were formed about them, um, all those layers <laughs> start creating the unconscious part. Of our existence. In other words, the part of our energy remains in unconsciousness because uh, those beliefs are part of our day to day. They, they sort of move with us as we live our day to day life. It, it's almost like clouds that get attached, and you don't even know that they're clouds. Uh, inside and around you, but you can feel that something's not right. Your body gives you signals saying, well, there's pain here and there's illness there. And uh, you try to solve the problem through um, medication or through other alternative healing modalities, and you still feel there is a stuckness. And this is what um, challenged me to to try and explore a way where I can actually find a method where where I can uh, access those repressed beliefs and remove them from the body. And as a result, what I saw was the energy would instantaneously shift when the consciousness will come in and the consciousness will say that... Oh, now I see it. I'm disidentified from what I thought was true and real. I see that this is not real anymore. And therefore, that cloud is, or that layer is instantaneously transformed into light versus um, staying in darkness.
0: So let's uh, slow down for one moment here. Uh, What I'm kind of hearing you say is that through uh, your own process of clearing and the development of your own sensitivities, you've developed an ability to kind of see where people's patterns are at uh, some kind of an awareness level. So is that your first step that you kind of, look into the energy of the person or do you inquire of them and ask them where it is they're hurting?
1: Uh, Well, it's... um, Yes, it's an ability that I I sort of um, came across. I would say that I wasn't developing this ability. The ability perhaps might have been developed in some other lifetime and I had it as a child. I was able to read thought forms. Or, or see what's going on in a person and i had a very and i do have a very strong empathic uh, quality where actually i can i can feel what's going on in
0: That's what i was picking up that you you developed incidentally as we're talking about this have you ever uh read the book higher sensitives by Shafika Karagula
1: No I haven't.
0: she uh much in the same way that A- Abraham Maslow chose to study uh, you know, more self-actualized people, she chose a sample of some 82 medical doctors, uh, some of the very best diagnosticians in the U.S. and Canada. And she isolated a sample of 82 such uh, phenomenal diagnosticians. And so then she inquired further into how do, th- how do these particular doctors seem to be able to diagnose much more effectively than your normal you know, physician. Mm-hmm. And she isolated two amazing factors. <laughs> One is that uh, these doctors had the uncanny ability to be able to see right inside the organ centers of a given patient, even when they were fully clothed. And they mm-hmm. did uh, double-blind studies in which uh, you know, they asked the doctor to uh, write what they saw inside of the person's body. And then compared it with medical records, and they were right on <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the second thing is that they were able to read the energy field around a person in such a way that they could tell where there were wounds and where mm-hmm. you know the body was suffering mm-hmm. so I'm sensing that you you have developed uh, this higher sensitive ability, and that's one of your amazing Uh, talents and gifts as a way to help initiate this healing process.
1: That's that's definitely part of it, and I I go even further than that. What I do is I look into the person's unconscious, and I look into the layers of the
0: unconscious,
1: because in order to get to the root cause of the problem, there's many interconnected layers. Uh And in order to get to the root cause, we need to go through, we need to basically look through those layers. For example, uh, if a person says, well, okay, I have this chronic pain and I don't know why it's there. So I would look into the energy and I say, okay, there's a pattern here. A, there. There could be a pattern that the person, you know, um, in the unconscious, that they've been repeating all their life, and the and the, the the core pattern is that there's been a fear of abandonment, because um, when we go down into the history as a child, this person must have been um, or was abandoned in a way, or felt they were abandoned and sometimes it even goes further than that when they were in the womb they felt their mother didn't want them so so that that awareness is in the unconscious of the person so when they come in they already come in with that attitude that belief so um, and therefore it's very important to go, go into the unconscious and see the interconnected layers and once i see the layers then I work with the body itself because the body then carries all those programs and mm-hmm. beliefs. And um, the, the ability that I um, was mentioning earlier that I started using was I can actually hear what's in the unconscious. In nice. other words, all the thought forms and beliefs I can hear.
0: What a beautiful, beautiful gift.
1: Yeah, and you know, what? my my excitement with that is actually I've been working, I've worked with thousands of people with so many different illnesses and miraculously the illnesses disappear in one or or two sessions um, simply because we go into those beliefs and remove them. But my excitement now, especially now, is that uh, I challenge myself to create a, a method where people can actually do this for themselves.
0: Cool. Cool. And I
1: managed to do that, and I'm and I'm so um, thrilled that y- y- you know the more the more people in my mind, the more people can do this and take a responsibility for their own transformation, the happier we will be as a humanity because it's we, we share more pain than than we share happiness and and joy and celebration, and this is our downfall as a human species.
0: So. so I'm totally with you on the whole notion of the importance of taking response ability. I like to even break it up. You know, there's many other people who have been doing the same thing, breaking that word up into response ability. So the ability to take appropriate responses to help yourself, uh, you know, as you're talking about, release yourself from old patterns that are causing you pain and suffering.
1: That's right. Well, first of all, there needs to be um, an understanding or or a, a desire that, yes, um, I want to heal myself, I want to do what's necessary, and um, I want to, um, uh, I'm going to put in some effort into it. Because also our human nature is such that, uh, oftentimes, we don't like to do things for ourselves, and we rather do, we rather wait for other people to do it for us. And this is another downfall, because uh, you know, as a child. Obviously, a child expects the parents to take care of the child. That's a natural response of a child. But then many people are still children. They still think that somebody else is supposed to take care of me, and this is where the blame comes in and pointing a finger comes in. And as long as a person stays in that frame of mind, they will not be willing to do any work for themselves. So... Um, that's why I say people who really recognize that it's up to them to change the quality of their life they are the, the blessed people that that have come to, to uh, grow to a certain level of awareness that they're willing to take responsibility for themselves
0: and what I find exciting is that there seems to be growing numbers of people who are getting the significance of you know Uh, wanting to take responsibility. And part of that comes from, you know, one of the things that I uh, like to carry a little bit further about The Secret is, you know, The Secret pointed out the importance of uh, whatever it is that we tend to hold in front of ourselves, if we create an intention to help ourselves move forward, then putting that intention in front of ourselves helps us to get there. The problem is that The same could be said to be true for all those negative patterns that we uh, tend to keep holding inside of ourselves. And what happens via the law of attraction is if you have some negative pattern that you keep holding on to, well, you keep attracting the same old, same old, same old, you know, hurtful, traumatizing, pain and suffering circumstances back into your life. And so so what more and more people seem to be waking up to is, you know what? I don't want to keep attracting (laughs) the same old, same old, pain and suffering over and over again, I'm, t- I'm tired of the same old stories, and that, I'm finding yeah. that that's part of what's motivating and exciting people to say, wow, <laughs> what can I do to get out of this?
1: <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly right, and that's where, you know, if, if you can remember in the book, I have um, uh, the, the healing journey, I've also divided in in those sections where we start with, with contemplation and, uh, you know, we go through suffering stage. So I, I divided that into seven stages as well, and suffering stage is a very important stage because until we suffer enough, we, we don't say, okay, enough is enough and I have to do something about
0: it. That's exactly and, what we dealt with in the last show, was the idea that one of the toughest things for human beings to be grateful for, because we were, you know, we were focusing on gratefulness and the significance of gratefulness in terms of helping to open our hearts to what we've already been given. But... The toughest thing for people to get is to a state of gratefulness for even the pains and suffering that we've experienced, because the moment you can open yourself to, to being grateful for even some horrendous, horrendous types of experiences, that's the moment you you open yourself to... Uh, being motivated to absolve uh, yourself or free yourself or liberate yourself from those old patterns of repeating the same old, same old.
1: That, that, that's, that's true. And my experience is, however, to open, when people hear open yourself, many people don't understand and they have a hard time with it. Okay. And what, what prevents them to actually uh, open, be open, is that they don't have enough consciousness within them. And I could give an example, well, many examples, as a matter of fact, with the healing work when I do working with those beliefs, it's like, okay, well, you know, this is what happened in my childhood, and, uh, you know, there's that, this is what my parents did, and there's the anger and there's frustration. And uh, once we start working with those beliefs, it's interesting how people come to a place of recognition that, oh, okay, there's a past life karma and my, uh, my father was abusive toward me because um, I could see now that I actually abused him in my previous lifetime. Because most of our experiences are karmic experiences.
0: Which is exactly and what we also covered last time. That's the
1: moment, right? That's the moment when the person said, oh, forgive me. I take now responsibility. I, I created this. So
0: now... And, but you can, can also forgive because you see that the person who uh, in some way, um, you know, transgressed upon you, uh, who uh, hurt you in some way, was also in their own pain dynamic, and, and in a sense because of that pain dynamic, they lost their own ability to be conscious
1: that's it, that's it, well identification with the ego and then of course there's the other side as well because there's always two sides to the coin and the other side of the coin is that uh, a person gets perhaps abused because they need to realize that they have the power and because they've been giving away their power because they've been believing themselves to be uh, to be a victim
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is another uh, another dynamics that uh, that's why we cannot judge we can never judge to wh- what's, what's, um, what's the person's lessons why something is happening to this person because someone's similar exactly similar happening to another person but their lessons are different and this is how in when i'm dealing with illnesses I could see that it's the same diagnosis, it's the same illness, but actually the work that needs to to happen in order to heal that illness is is very different because there's there's always that two sides of the coin. One person needs to be more self empowered, the other person needs to recognize that they have they have the power to abuse. Therefore they need to the moment they see they can can let go and and that's where their heart opens Mm -hmm. and and that's that's why I, I say that to open the heart we need to still become conscious
0: So, once again, you've been listening to your Quantum Computer Within with your host, Dr. Lynn Sarita, website, quantumu.com. You can also look to some of my books on lulu.com by just calling up my name, Lynn Sarita and we've been talking to a most interesting guest, Mata Dalian, who has evolved a a way which appears to be a combination of her own ability to really see the patterns of others in a clear way while she at the same time uh, facilitates that person in the direction of them uh, participating in the the letting go, the releasing, the uh, opening, the movement past old patterns of resistance and holding. And you can find out more about her by going to her website, Mata Dalian, dot N.com where you can not only find links to buying the book we're talking about in search of the miraculous, but you can also sign up for some of her webinars and even uh, inquire about doing private sessions by phone with her long distance. Is there anything more you'd like to add before we go on with uh, sharing this process of helping to heal?
1: Uh, well one one other thing um since you were talking about the uh, webinar th- there's quite there is an eight week online course that will be starting at the end of October, and what we do through that course is we work through each chakra and I look to see what are the blocks in uh, terms of the the thought patterns. Uh, and emotional repressed patterns in each chakra and I give guidance to each person individually to how they can release those blocks so that uh, they can transform consciousness in each of the chakras and we also practice with the Osho Active Meditations simultaneously uh, throughout the week so um, that's an excellent uh, addition to any kind of spiritual work.
0: And For those of you who aren't familiar with the concept of chakra, uh, basically they are what I've been referring to throughout the context of this show as our seven vital energy centers, those seven key areas in our body where our organs are designed to help us to generate the kind of energy that can help us move towards the fulfillments that we long for in life. And uh, for those of you who may not have heard of Osho meditations, they are uh, meditations that are much more active than normal, and they get you, uh, your whole body, encourage you to get your whole body, your whole being involved in in uh, not only expressing uh, some of the deeper layers of, uh, of, you know, old repressed feeling, but also in conjunction with the expression, opening your breath more so that you can just really totally release uh, these old patterns. So let's carry on. I want to hear more about, uh, we've talked about how you use your own sensitivity to help see into the layers. I want to understand more about how you help a, you know, a given client or a given person you're, you're uh, being supportive with, how do you uh, get them more actively involved in the process of uh, both understanding and releasing these old self-sabotaging patterns?
1: Well, first of all, I, I ask uh, people to make a list of all the problems they want me to look at. Mm. And and I look into their energy and I uh, identify the cause of those problems. And like I said uh, earlier, I look into the unconscious because there's sometimes uh, several layers before we get to the causal layer. Mm -hmm. And once I get to the causal layer, um, I also uh, look at the yin-yang part of the energy, the male-female energies in the body, Mm -hmm. and see what are the primary um, Primary beliefs in in those areas, and then I have a system which I've well, that's basically my method. Called um, um, friends suggested that I should use my name to call the method, so that's what uh, it's called. I used to use a different name for it, but now it's called Dalian method, and I use. Um, a specific system of uh, breathing um, and um, expression, because I could see all the thought forms in the energy. So through uh, through a system of breathing and expression, and I work through um, the whole body, all the chakras, like you explained, the energy points, seven um, energy points, as well as the um, frontal and occipital part of the brain, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, uh, in other words, it's like a wholesale work with the entire body, the mind, the emotions, and the spirit, everything is involved in this process. That's why it's very powerful, very quick, and um, by nature, I like things quick. I don't like to um, um, wait for things, so that's why I love the Osho Active Meditations, because they're so quick. And this method is uh, been called jet speed, light speed, and um, I feel that the consciousness on the planet is ready to receive a method like this. And uh, as you know, we're all vehicles, and we each bring a part of our own gift that we can share with humanity, and this is my gift, this method. and. Um, and it has the power to very quickly transform consciousness, very quickly transform the the, the ego.
0: Believe me, I totally understand. I've been working with a method uh, in, in uh, breath therapy, holotrophic uh, well, the breathing, in which I encourage people to link their awareness up with uh, some area, you know, in one of their vital energy areas in the body, and actually learn to kind of link the top of the inhalation exactly in a way that helps it to connect it into the pain body uh, that they're choosing to work upon. So what I'm sensing you're saying, I, I'm, I'm gonna attempt to push you a little bit further here because uh, I mean, I feel like what what you're into is uh, powerful, and I want our audience to understand just a little bit more about how it is that you help to link the breathing the breath opening process with the pain body area that a person is working upon in such a way that you support that energy to open and flow much more effectively.
1: Um, well, I can say the way the way <laughs> maybe maybe it might be easier to to uh, to explain it this way. I bypa- bypass the mind.
0: Okay, I understand that.
1: I do, I do not um, ask a person to do um, to use their mind, and and oftentimes. Um, they, when their mind comes in, I, I get them quickly out of the mind and get them back into the process and the process is basically working with the thought forms and the, the thought forms are those repressed thoughts and emotions that, that uh, we have felt and we have thought and uh, we have not lived them, we have not expressed them and they're basically sitting in our body, they're sitting in our energy. And there are many contradictory thought forms in the body as well. And it's very necessary to work with all those contradictory thought forms.
0: Well, just to interrupt for a moment, the, the way that I'm familiar with uh, the notion of contradiction is that because there there is... Uh, you know, contradictory uh, messages in in thought forms and emotional forms. It creates an inner conflict, which is, you know, the sort of inner conflict that ties the person into a knot around such an old pattern.
1: That's right. And, and it's very difficult to, to work with that conflict with the cognitive part, part of the mind because the mind itself is the problem.
0: Okay. Good. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. I mean, I want you to take this last part of the interview as some space where you can really give some people a sense of, you know, how you help them um, move through these thought forms and however it is you might use breath in conjunction with this so that, you know, everyone listening to this show is going to say, yes, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you know, there's so many examples, but let me, let me think if maybe the best way is to, through examples, isn't it?
0: Yeah, whatever will help to get get at that last step in this interview that is going to motivate people out there to say, yes, I want to participate in this. I want to take responsibility. I'm tired of these old patterns. I'm tired of pain and suffering. I want to uh, move more into the light.
1: <laughs> okay, well, you know... When I when I think of examples, it's such a difficult thing, um, in a sense, to give to to give an example that everybody can resonate because each person is so different. However, there's some some really um, out of ordinary examples. For example, that, that I think that, that kind of have a like a wow effect.
0: Let's and go for what, it. <laughs>
1: what 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 comes to mind? Actually, I have many, but uh, what just comes to mind is this woman, a young woman about. 35 years old, she came to see me and she had a very severe lower back pain. And she, she went to doctors, she, did, she used medication, she did acupuncture, um, she did massage, nothing was helping. It was like, she, she felt like her whole, whole lower back was in a spasm. And um, she told me that the way it happened, she was gardening and suddenly something happened with her back and it, it just locked, and it just wouldn't, nothing would work. And obviously, you know, uh, when they did X-rays and everything, everything is fine. There's nothing wrong with her, uh, with her body physically. So when I looked into her energy, and I looked into her unconscious, it, it, it was interesting. It was like her, I said, you know, your father... I do not know, but it's connected with your father. And there's something that you're holding on to. You're holding on to your father and you need to let him go. And I asked her, I said, what, what, what happened to your father? She said, well, he died in a ski accident, water ski accident when she was seven years old. Well, I said, okay, well, this is, this is all about that. It's, and you've been holding on to him ever since because he's been like her hope as she was growing older and whenever she would have uh, a difficult time and she would feel uh, down, she would always think of her father and ask for his help. And, and he was sticking around. She's 35 years old and now he wants to move on and live his life. And, um, what happened is he basically had to get her attention so she can work with this attachment that she has to her uh-huh. father, and of course her um, her sense of sadness and feeling um, uh, abandoned and ma- many layers that we worked through uh-huh. and the moment the moment she did that and she came to a place where he wanted her to let go that's why he, he almost like he got her attention just by getting into her back. And
0: of course the reason this happens is we all are intimately at the quantum level interconnected with each other, Absolutely. more intimately than most of us uh, normally would ever acknowledge. And,
1: and so uh, the, the, uh, the beautiful ending of this story is that she realized that she's been keeping herself actually um, small and not taking, taking um, charge of her own power of her own uh, life force of her own potential, continually relying on on the father and it, it, and it was a pattern since she 's seven years old, and the moment she saw that she she of course you know people go through a lot of emotion as we 're working mm-hmm. with this unexpressed uh, thoughts um, and and people get to express them. And uh, like I said, I use breathing, a system of breathing with this as well. She came to a place where she realized that it's been selfish of her to, to hold on to him. And she came to an acceptance that, okay, I, uh, I thank you very much and I'm willing to let you go and thank you for sticking around for so long. And the moment that happened, there was no longer back pain and that was completely gone and And it, hadn't we not done this and gone to the court, she would have suffered for a long time.
0: So a very important key was her becoming aware that she had developed a pattern of holding, and somehow this holding uh, was lodged in her body at you know at, the, at a lower back pain level. And th- so that the more she brought her awareness to it and released emotions surrounding it, she started to let go. So how did you use breath to just help it, maybe a notch or a kick, uh, you know?
1: I go I go back and forth through the body. It's, it's, you know, it's a process of going back and forth through the body. And I work with, like I said, all the chakras. And it's not like I'm not just... Uh, uh, I'm not just focusing on one area lower back and working with lower back. Uh And this is where the problem is, where where most modalities focus on just one One area. area. And therefore, the complete transformation does not happen. Because when I'm working with the entire body, then, uh, and like I said, we bypass the mind. Absolutely. And you know, one of these days, I'm going to get... Um, uh, I'm going to probably get a, a complete sort of like a um, a demonstration. I do have that would a, be
0: awesome. Uh, that would be awesome if you had that on your website.
1: Uh, well, it would probably be like a like a DVD that could be um, part of the, the the book and the mm-hmm. uh, self healing CD that uh, that uh, I'm working on. Well, I'm almost done with it, so it should be. Um, Coming out uh, next year, in, in hopefully in a few months' time, and um, I've I've uh, worked with, like I said, my excitement is to to introduce the self-healing version of this method, and I've been experimenting with it and trying in my workshops, and very recently at the Omega um, Institute in uh, New York, near New York, and. Um, I've I've been amazed myself at the miraculous, quick transformation that happens to people, even using this method um, as I gu- as I guide them um, on their own. So. Yeah, maybe uh, stay tuned, maybe someday we can talk about uh, that a bit.
0: Well, I look forward depth, to that.
1: Because, you know, it's so difficult to explain, it's, it's probably easier when somebody... That's why
0: I'm pushing you a little bit, because yeah. what I'm seeing, I like the idea that you're, you've shifted your focus from just the area where the pain is manifesting, and I like the idea that you're linking breath. What I'm looking to understand just a little bit more is it sounds to me that as you're working with the breath, and I'm not sure exactly how you do it, but it's almost like what I'm sensing is you're looking for a way in which you support the person to let their breath flow uh, somehow along the chakras more freely in a way that helps and facilitates the release uh, that is going along with the accompanying awareness Of the, of of, you know why the holding is taking place.
1: That's that's a part of it. But most primarily, I work with their
0: unconscious. Uh huh. And.
1: It's you know you can you can ask somebody to breathe and then you know uh, breathe here and exhale there but um, there's a difference between unconscious and um, consciousness so and there's a difference between when I'm working with somebody's thought forms I work point where I see transformation is happening internally in other words not only I can read the thought forms as thought forms and I know they're connected with the ego. but I can also read the person's awareness so the moment I see its consciousness the person is already conscious of something
0: so you keep guiding them in the direction whether it's in breathing or slight movement of the body or expressive expression of emotion you keep guiding them using your sensitivity in a direction where they hook their conscious awareness more and more with the issue and the release and uh... A let go and surrender past the issue?
1: Is um, that getting closer? So I, do, I do more than guiding. I'm not actually guiding. This is what many people um, misunderstand. Well, I'm trying to
0: understand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't do guiding. So, so this is the thing. Um, I, I read the thought forms. So And I know how to work with them. This is my system. Basically, I developed a system to work with those thought forms. And do
0: you, do you feed them back to the person as they're reading them, or you just keep reading
1: a mirror, them? I mirror, mirror back to, to what I'm seeing, so the person okay. is completely involved with, with the process. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I'm so glad I pushed you, because you sharing that you mirror back. Uh, became, you know, for me, becomes a, an important clue to your process. <laughs> okay. Does, can you feel my excitement? That, yeah. <laughs> that you shared that, the, the, and yeah. so the mirroring becomes the feedback loop uh, that helps the person to do their own adjustments internally. It, uh,
1: uh, okay. Here's another um, thing that. The person does not need to do any adjustment. The adjustment happens spontaneously,
0: just out of awareness. This is, what,
1: this is what the spontaneous healing is all about. You've heard Bruce Lipton talk about spontaneous healing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, and uh, he promotes the tapping. Um, yeah. The tapping technique. Well, the tapping technique. You know, it's it's to me it's a very very primitive technique, and everybody can do it. But this technique, what I'm using, is basically. Um, absolutely creates a spontaneous healing in the entire body. Not only that, it creates a spontaneous transformation of consciousness.
0: Well, now I'm even more excited as we conclude today's interview because I want to share with you that uh, my wife Trish and I uh, just came back from uh, um, biofeedback alpha brainwave training at an institute in Victoria, British Columbia that is called the BioCybernaut Institute. And uh, Dr. James Hart, Jim Hart, is actually a co-host, sponsor of my web talk show. And what you do in biofeedback, you know, uh, alpha brain biofeedback, is... You uh, get instantaneous feedback on your own brain rhythms and your own brain patterns from uh, you know, both sides of the cortex on, in different uh, lobes of the brain. So we were working with central and occipital lobes. And part of the magic of biofeedback, which it sounds like what is happening w- with what you're doing, is b- through your mirroring process, you're giving the person instantaneous feedback about what you're reading in relation to you know, the thought forms that they hold in relation to a pattern. And as they get that feedback loop, they start to automatically their own awareness principle adjusts in a way that results in miraculous healing. <laughs> is that close to describing what you're doing? Um
1: it's close. Um there there, there is there is um uh, you know, what, uh, what we're missing here, is, or, or, and I understand that it's really a difficult concept for people to grasp. What's missing here is what we need to understand is what creates healing is consciousness.
0: Uh, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, is that yeah. as the you feedback, you become like an alpha feedback because they're precisely the same thing happens when you see your own brain patterns. Just the very fact that you start seeing your brain patterns gives your brain the mirror reflection of what's going on. And as you see the mirror reflection, your own internal system begins to adjust and adapt in the direction of consciousness.
1: I, I, I suppose you could describe it that
0: way. Wow! Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember, you're being interviewed by Joe, psychologist here, which I mentioned in the <laughs> beginning, and he's just attempting to do his best to integrate the excitement of what you're doing with with what we know in you know in in other areas where people are moving in similar directions.
1: Well, you know, that's interesting. You, you're saying that because I've been looking at. Um, uh, a possibility of engaging some kind of scientists into this process so that they can actually do a research uh, with the technique that I'm using because I think that would be you know um, the, the the epigenetic code that people talk about basically I'm working with the epigenetic code and erasing the epigenetic code because they say once the the the, uh, the the behavior patterns are in the epigenetic code, which is on top of the DNA code. And once those uh, patterns are shifted, then the behavior shifts.
0: Exactly. But that's... How,
1: how do these patterns shift? They shift because of consciousness, and I have the technique. And, and I have to tell you, I've been reaching out to to, to some scientists um, who, who I know do research in the realm of consciousness, but nobody has been excited to to support
0: this process well i 'll mention this to Jim because it, what he does is he works with a, a process of uh, taking two minutes uh, fully feel the charge of some old you know hurt pain suffering trauma, so you take two minutes and you let your body feel it as fully as you can, and what this does is suppress alpha. And then what he's found is that if he supports a process of uh, starting to forgive the person who uh, perpetrated, you know, harmfulness upon you, and you continue with this process of forgiveness over several, you know, four minute plus rounds of of encouraging your brain to generate alpha, what happens is as you forgive, the more and more you are able to see the scene and let it go, and as we talk about actually see the the um, the pain that the perpetrator was in when they harmed you. The more you do that, you come in, you start opening your heart into forgiveness. You start letting go of the old pattern of resentment and you know uh, pain and suffering that you've been holding. And as you do that. This, he said, in his years of research, is what seems to enhance the, uh, the elevation of alpha levels in all of the hemispheres in the brain more than anything. It's this process of letting go just exactly as you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and and basically, you know, in in uh, in a mystics uh, sort of language, um, I know you're using your your, you know. Oh,
0: believe me, I'm a mystic sort of as well.
1: <laughs> in, in my mystic mystics language, is the process is basically what what's happening here is disidentification from the ego. So
0: perfect, it, perfect.
1: It, that's basically the the bottom line is the moment there is a disidentification. Then there is the alpha wave uh,
0: awareness, right? The expanding of one's conscious awareness function, and the free right. because partially because you're liberating all that energy that you know was uh, is keeping your your uh, energy balloon from expanding into superconscious or into at-one-ment consciousness. That's
1: right.
0: So I, once again, I hope you know as we conclude this interview, I hope we've excited you. You know, you, the listener, enough to be motivated to, to go to Mata's website, uh, Mata Dalian, D-A-L-I-A-N dot com, and uh, you know, hopefully, this is going to motivate you to sign up to her uh, webinar uh, workshop that is coming up in. Uh, did you say October?
1: Uh, October 30th is when
0: it starts. So basically it's uh, end of October through November. And uh, so check out her website right now and uh, please understand that what you are, we've been talking to, is a, a person who, you know, has a gift of sensitivity, the very kind of Gift of sensitivity that seems to be required to be the sort of uh, facilitator of the miraculous that we've been talking about here. So thank you, thank you very much, uh, Mata. It's been wonderful. I could see that we could go on and on. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lynn
1: Thanks for you know pushing with your questions.